1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to After Broadcasting from the
0: beautiful South Hello dear listeners. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's December already. Christmas looms on the horizon. The season is is whipping past us, but it's that time of the month, dear listeners, where Neil Fisler and I come together to discuss the forthcoming month's month's fixtures from the perspective of history. And here he is, the man himself, Mr Neil Fisler. How are you doing, Neil?
1: Not too bad, Nick. Not too bad. That was quite an introduction. I hope that I live up to it this time.
0: Well, I'm I'm, I'm cock-a-hoop listeners because I'm going to sound even more like um, I know what I'm talking about thanks to my copy of Mill Who's Who that is sat right by my side. You may hear the rustling of leaves of the book as we whip through the various fixtures and we mention various obscure Mill players. And with the aid of my Mill Who's Who, which is available, of course, on victorpublishing.co.uk for £19.99 pence, um, you can sound you can you, you can get Neil instant podcast credibility with the aid of that book. I find you, you sound like you know what you're talking about as soon as you pick
1: up that 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 tone. Yeah, who, who, wrote who wrote it? <laughs> yeah, well, who wrote it? Yeah, who wrote it. Complete blagger, whoever it is. It is a cracking
0: book, listeners. I recommend it for well, Christmas loons, as we've said already. Birthdays, Christmas, you name it. Bar Mitzvahs, whatever, whatever your um,
1: christnings, you, you name it, christnings, you name
0: it. If there's a Millwall fan in your life, then Millwall's Who's Who by Neil Fissler with Dave Sullivan, Jim Creasy and, and Chris Bethel is the book you need. You will seriously will hear me flicking through whenever we come to certain players where I've not done... I've not written down enough research and I need to access the book because it's that good a book.
1: Um, yeah, I, mean, I can't blag it now, but no. looking at my own work.
0: <laughs> we're going to be overrun, Neil, with with Millwall podcast historians all referring to the book, all sounding like they know what they're talking about. But there we are. <laughs> These are the secrets of the, uh, of, the, of the trade that we're in, listeners. Mill 1999 1999, cheek Check it out. And whilst you're about your business, do check out our Akedung Mill calendar, which is celebrating the 50th anniversary. 50 years, nil since 1971, 72. Um, 12 pictures of a classic, classic squad. Harry Cripps, Barry Bridges, Derek Posse, Brian King, Benny Fenton, Big, Big Kitch. They're all in there. Um, all of our takings from the calendar, will support the Lions Food Hub. A wonderful cause, uh, especially at this yeah. time of year when, when the going gets tough for many families. Um, it was charging 13 quid for that. That includes a couple of quid for postage and packing. The um, stamps uh, being the main cost. but um, Otherwise, your remaining tenner, roughly, will go to support the Food Hub. Really appreciate everyone who's um, supported it so far. But we do need more. I want to generate a decent donation to the Lions Food Hub from the Acton Mill calendar. Visit the Mill Supporters Club, the MSC website, they have a shop on there and they're really kindly supporting it by carrying it on there and um, I post it out when I get the order. So thanks in advance to everyone for the support on that front. If I say it so myself, it's a nice-looking calendar, Neil. I, if I say so myself, I, I designed it and um, did it all myself and I, I'm going to give myself a bit of self-praise here, but I think I did a quite a good job on that one.
1: Mate, you always do a good job with the calendars and it's something... I think that most millwall fans look forward to because you buy the official club calendar the chances are yeah whichever player they've got for february they're going to flog in january <laughs> john <laughs> deddy john <laughs> deddy bavros and mr Hudson. february or something <laughs> yeah. and then yeah but then you're holding your breath towards August, of, September, <laughs> no, of October, still be November, <laughs> December—that the players still there as well.
0: It's true. Well, we, we at least the, if you go for fifty-year-old players, listeners, you can't go far wrong on that kind of front. Also, I, I mean, I'm hoping really do. I mean, we did the history one last year, Neil, and um, um, this one as well—the this, this, fiftieth anniversary. It's nice to be able to do something that I hope people will keep. You know, there's, it's a, I know it's a calendar, so it loses its its usefulness if you like after the year. But these are these are souvenirs, and I, I like the idea of if you're going to charge people to for something and it's going to go for a good cause, at least make it something they can keep and look back at in in years to come. So
1: they are actually magnificent photographs,
0: all from the collection of Chris Bethel, who supported yep. the. Um, um the, the who's who book shout out to chris because he's a, he's a lovely bloke he was really helpful for me When i mean I, I i know chris anyway but i just emailed him out of the blue and he gave me uh, that selection I, and as you say they're fantastic photos some really really strong images one of harry Cripps is my favorite i think that's just a beautiful classic image on a summer's day at colblow lane uh, Harry's in the all-white kit, and it's just I don't know, it's just like one of those um, Forever Summer type images, and um, just, it's just beautiful. So um, I'm really proud of it, and it also is supporting the Food Hub, a great cause for listeners. So, What's
1: even scarier was I didn't realise until I was looking at Ron Gray earlier on, it's actually 60 years ago that we won the fourth division title. Yeah, I know. 61, 62. I wasn't even born. I, I was
0: born, but I was unaware of Millwall's existence at that point, and, and would have would probably not have been too bothered if I had been made aware of it at the age of one, <laughs> two years old. Um, we digress, Neil. We've come as together we always today. As as we always do. We've come together today to talk about the forthcoming month's fixtures, um, uh, which will be Birmingham City, it will be Peterborough, it'll be Preston, Swansea. And, and Coventry, and we've looked at various fixtures from the past, some of which we've matched up to be honest. Um, it's great minds think alike, and others we've, we've just chosen different different ones. So, we're going to begin actually with the same choice of fixture, new aren't we? The uh, the yeah. Mill Birmingham, um, a dramatic scoreline from 1970 new Mill Six Birmingham City Two,
1: yeah. Well, let's face it, yeah. Well, they've tonked us at home a couple of times, they have. haven't they? So and they tonked us away, or, or well, we got tonked up at uh, Saint Andrews at the end of last season. But this was uh, this was probably one of Mill's greatest ever teams, and this was them clicking into gear, wasn't it? In their like, pomp, Dan in their Collins pomp, yeah. Came down, obviously very famous. Wolf, former Wolves manager, yeah. And there's actually a Millwall connection in this Birmingham City side as well. Is there? Is there? Yes. I, haven't, I haven't got that one. Phil Summerill played number 11.
0: Summer, Phil, Phil Summerill, um, a striker. He would have joined, and this is where you hear the, the rustle of um, the turn of, of, of the page. As I swiftly look up Phil Summerill, listeners, or I remember... He joined,
1: he was... and, we, and he, I believe he was leading goal scorer when we won promotion. Yeah, he wasn't terribly
0: prolific, Neil. Um, He he wasn't wasn't
1: actually well liked, even by his own admission by fans.
0: No, 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 far from it. I mean, you know, I stood on the halfway line and watched um, Phil Summerell for that whole 74 to 78. It was in longer than I thought. I didn't think he was here for the four years, but 103 games, Listeners, 26 goals. He was um, our our lead centre forward. I think he only scored about... Uh, his, his big season was about eight or nine goals in one season if memory memory serves and that was um, the winning season
1: i think yeah it
0: almost certainly was um and there he is he went on to become a an interior decorator and delivered cars for, for um in birmingham um phil summerall I, I mean he was he was he was um he was he, he was a marmite kind of character i think at the den um but let's 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 get back to this this fixture year six two played in a midweek Neil uh, eleventh of March nineteen seventy Wednesday night game. Magical from- night
1: under the lights. Cold Blow Lane. Well, I used to love when I was a kid. I Used to
0: love going to Millwall in the under the lights. So it was just the theatre, it was theatrical, it was wonderful. And, and as you old, get older, you lose that sense. It's now all about a pain of getting out of the house and you know getting home late and all that kind of boring. And being stuff. cold. <laughs> <laughs> Gold. As a kid, I loved it. Um, I wasn't around for this one. 7,825 were at the, at the game. Um, the the goal-scoring sequence. Shall I read out the goal-scoring sequence for us, Neil? Go on, then. 1-0. Gordon Bolland on 21 minutes. 2-0 it went. Uh, five minutes later to Derek Posse. Birmingham, the Blues pulled one back. Murray, I don't know who Murray is. Um, uh, Murray. Bert Murray, 37 minutes. That was a penalty, right? Okay, so the penalty is put him back in the game, and then I'm going to guess that's Trevor Hockey. On it is um, Trevor
1: Hockey, yes.
0: Forty one minutes, a very famous um, Welsh international. Listeners, and he was bearded. He always had a big, thick um, beard, beard and long hair
1: of the, of the day. He looked he like died. Big... died very young. Did he? Yeah, he died when he was in his thirties, early forties. I didn't he know heart. he passed
0: away. Oh, okay. he
1: had a heart attack. Well, he, he looked like what the 70s was about, really, wasn't it? Absolutely. Long hair and, Long and beard. He looked like he was a um, guitarist in Black Sabbath or
0: something, you know. <laughs> um, so he, Trevor Hook has made it two all by half time. So the, the teams have gone in half time, two each. So it's been a fairly um, large, established two goal lead, and they've been turned around um, for two all. And then second half, straight, almost straight from kickoff, pretty much 47 minutes. Gordon Bolland makes it 3 2. On 58, Bolland uh, seals a hat-trick. Um, Golden Bolland hat-trick for 4-2. Keith Weller, Neil, on 74, makes it 5-2. And then the, uh, the the cherry on the cake at the end of the night, Eamon Dunphy on 84 minutes, makes it 6-2. Um, some wonderful some wonderful names on both sides there. Um, Golden Bolland hat-trick. He, he, he's actually a very good player for us, Golden Bolland. He, he really gets mentioned in... Um, in the in the in the at the top table, so to speak, does he?
1: No, he, he. Well, just having a look at his goal scoring record, his goal scoring record for us was absolutely tremendous. Top. Yeah. He had twelve goals, sixty nine, seventy, fourteen goals, seventy one, seventy two, in that near miss, and that's without FA Cup goals. And then he has got nineteen goals the season after, which was his best ever return for a season. Yeah, no, one of those players who. It was discovered in non-league football, so that Boston and Boston College United. He did didn't quite make it. Yep, went to Orient and uh helped him win promotion to the first division—the only time in their history.
0: Yes. He yes, played
1: in the first division, and then he knocked around a little bit. Never quite had a career in the top flight, did he? Norwich, Charlton, us—we were all—we were all Division Two.
0: Yeah, kind of second second rank, as I suppose. Um, but I, I'm just looking at these numbers. I mean, you're right. I mean, what a goal scoring record! Sixty six goals from 273 games overall. Um, 68, 1968 to nineteen seventy five. I've got this private theory, Neil. There are many many supply, and I'm going to put Golden Bolland into this into this category, whose theatre and platform is the Den. They take off. They they. They they knock around. They're good, um, but for some reason, they take off at Millwall. Um, I'm thinking probably Steve Morrison. I put him in the same kind of category. Um, you know, they they can do the rounds. They can be good players elsewhere, but somehow the den is their stage. And I think Golden Bond was in that category.
1: He, I I think he encapsulates what Benny Fenton bought to Millwall. He bought to Millwall and built a team that wasn't a team of superstars. Largely, no,
0: that's right.
1: You look at that side and and it picked up Posse and Weller and Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: for uh, you. Yeah. who hadn't really
0: No, Manchester United but not really part of the um, he, the big 20, time there was he yeah.
1: you know. Harry Cripps, although he wasn't a Harry Cripps signing, but yeah he kinda of took off, didn't he? And yeah. Brian Brown, I think, was another one. Did he come from? Brown,
0: yeah, Brown. I mean, it's a near classic lineup: King and Gold, Brian Brown and Doyle Barry Kitchener, Harry Cripps, Dougie Alder, Dennis Burnett, great player, superb um, player, Keith Weller. I mean, I never saw Keith Weller, but those that have seen Keith um, saw Keith speak of him in hushed tones. Apparently, had the silky, smooth. Um, skillful midfielder. Uh, we are going to play for England, I think, Neil, would not he? Um, I, when I started going to Mill, he was playing for Leicester at that point, and I think he finished up in America in the end. Um, yeah. dumpy and yeah, then up, up front, good. Posse and Bolland, two great goal-scoring names. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that Gordon Bolland does have his place in the pantheon at Mill, and yet somehow it's, just, it, it's nice to be able to do that. We've said it before, Neil, on this show. Uh, this gives us a chance to mention players... That probably don't get the profile, and it's it's just great to um you know to be able to mention here. The Lions will go on to finish tenth in that sixty nine seventy season. Um, remarkable contrast between the home win ratio: fourteen home wins. The Den was the the fortress Den that we keep hearing about. not hearing about maybe nowadays. Just one away win. Fourteen wins at home, one away win. Uh, we didn't travel, did we?
1: <laughs> no, we didn't. But that team is. Yeah, well, I'm going to put it out there. I think that that the team then was better than the team that God has promoted to the first division. I've got to be honest.
0: Really, you got it far, would you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I think that they're two great teams, and you shouldn't ever really comp- compare teams, really. But this was this was one hell of a team, and yeah. Uh, Uh, virtually every member of that side and that squad is they are spoken about in hushed tones aren't they and yeah i do for you's marmite you talk to brian king about him and he absolutely hates him
0: (laughs) (laughs) well actually i was just going to mention brian king's name because i think um, when i spoke to king i had the pleasure of speaking to him last year in in the lockdown um i think he And I think he said it since because he's done quite a few shows and things whatnot since. But I think he said that that team should have done better. I think there's a slight sense that um, I don't know. It's like dropping a catch in cricket. It it should have it should have achieved more than it actually did, even though it has legendary status. the The top flight was um, was what should have been achieved by it.
1: I think we were robbed slightly that that there was only two teams up in those days. Yeah.
0: there? tough to get promoted. Yeah.
1: And I think you talk to a couple of players from that era and I think they took their eye off the ball slightly, yeah. slightly at the end of the season. Yeah, I And agree. some players, one of them being dumpy, didn't really pull their fingers out and they played when they wanted to play.
0: Yeah. Great result, 6-2. I'm just looking at a Daily Mirror report from the game published next day, 12th of March. Um, Crystal Palace boss, Bert Head, was at the den last night to see this Millwall six-goal run. Palace would have been a first division side, I think, at this time. And apparently, you can get your hands off of him, Bert Head. He's looking at Keith Weller, who was the force behind Millwall's biggest win of the season. But Gordon Bolland was the smash-and-grab ace with a Um, hat-trick. Sounds like a great night to have been down the den that night, I must say. Um... That was one thing that did strike me. Just before we move on from that, that uh, the Birmingham fixture you nil. Know, um, I was looking on um, is it eleven versus 11com and the first time we played Birmingham was actually in nineteen forty six. Quite late in, we didn't play them for a long time. We never played them. It's interesting.
1: I didn't realise. I I hadn't quite looked at that. <laughs> I must have. Yeah, Maybe apparently it, it, the first
0: fixture is nineteen forty six post war. I think. We finished up, I think, in the second division. Maybe we got amalgamated in with them, and that was, how we, that was the first time we played them until yeah, then. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess awesome.
1: that for years, Birmingham and Small Heath, as they were before then, yeah. they probably hadn't been at the top flight. Probably so, not, no, no. And if And you only drew teams in the FA Cup back then. There wasn't the League Cup. No, um, the Mickey Mouse cups was there that you can get things in.
0: That's <laughs> no, true. So there we are. Um, as we do love an aside on this show, listeners. So that was an aside, um, quite late in in the uh, century before we actually would take the field versus Birmingham City, 1946. Achtung, Mehlball we're going to move along now, Neil. Um, the next fixture in, in December is the away game at Peterborough. You've you've kept to the rules this time. I've broken the rules. I was I was digging you out for breaking the rules last time.
1: Um, <laughs> so I stuck to them for
0: once, <laughs> as ever. <laughs> those those that have been closest to me will tell you this. As ever, my my my, my when I dig somebody out, it comes back to haunt me very quickly, and it's come back to haunt me here today. Neil stuck to the rules. He's picked out an away game. Um, we were winning three-two at Peterborough on the 7th of October 1963. Uh, Peterborough 2, Mill 3. Um, God, I, I didn't know that Derek Dugan, Neil, had played for Peterborough. That, I, I remember him for Wolves. But I didn't remember him for Peterborough.
1: I must admit, I'd forgotten that. And uh, I've dug out a match report here. Okay. And uh, I believe it's from the Daily Herald. And it says, pity that... Uh, so, pity that... All those Millwall fans who gathered around the boardroom recently, <laughs> howling for the head of Ron Gray, who could not have been at Peterborough last night. <laughs> yeah, there's a theme. Here. Yeah, the,
0: doesn't uh, sound like the, us at all.
1: <laughs> no, no, exactly. Yeah, no, we're well, Millwall fans calling for the manager on social media <laughs> these days. Oh, what yeah. happens? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They would have seen Millwall in command for long periods. They would have seen a tremendous fighting spirit it's when Peterborough were on top. Yeah. For this game was no fluke result. It was Peterborough's first home defeat of the season. Even with all the luck going their way, we always get shit refs, don't we? <laughs> 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 they never look like going. Uh, nothing,
0: nothing new uh, is there in this life. Really.
1: And uh, they went one nil up when Dugan headed in a center by Smith. Ten minutes later, Millwall were level. Joe Broadfoot, now oh, the name, name. name, yeah. Uh, who, who at one stage you used to see him around the press room quite a lot.
0: Well, was I was just going to say, wasn't he the um, like the, the match day host? Um, I, I think he worked on both sides over on the the um. The, uh, the 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 corporate box side, um, and also in the in you know the kind of West End. I think he was like the meter and greeter, and he used to go out with in all weathers, in a, just in a, a, a thin shirt, wouldn't he? A bit like Sean Dice we saw the other day in the cold. <laughs> Joe Brawford would always walk out with just just the kind of like his, his shirt, with his cuffs turned up, on, no matter what the weather.
1: Yeah, the uh, colourful character, Joe Brauford. uh I was once doing some research and. Uh... I was Googling his name or something and it yeah. says uh, he ran a massage parlor <laughs> in uh, somewhere <laughs> or other. Yeah, I should know I was his receptionist. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's a podcast all in this one. There's this little uh, <laughs> revelation, Neil.
1: Uh, I think he's fairly well known, down the den <laughs> Well
0: known, um, as, yeah. He was, he was a character. I think he was um, absolute
1: character of that. His of stories, that
0: um, his stories were well known as well. And I think I hadn't heard the massage parlor one. I'm, I'm, I'm going to move along. This is a family show, listeners. I'm not going to dwell too long on the idea of.
1: <laughs> anyway, yeah, well, Mill will dominate <laughs> <Anyway. laughs> for long periods. Uh oh dear. And it was against the run of play that Peterborough regained the lead after 39 minutes. Dugan was upended in the penalty area. That's a great word, isn't upended it? Upended is ended. a cool word. And Pierce scored from the spot. Two minutes after the interval, Gary Townend equalised for Millwall with the home side appealing in vain for offside. Alino doing us a favour. Well, there we are. Miracles never cease. He didn't do us much of a favour last week, did they? And the winner no. came uh, 20 minutes from the end. Uh, the Peterborough defence was thrown off balance. And Pat Terry, who I think we spoke about in our yeah. last show, yep. had all the time in the world to score. And there it is. 3-2 then, win for Millwall. Great team, actually. Absolutely superb. Just powerful. looking at
0: that, some great names in there Neil,
1: Alex Stepney. Yep. Dennis John, whose son Will Griff John is a Welsh Rugby Union international. Okay. Uh, a current Welsh Rugby Union international, no doubt. Uh, John Gilchrist, Dave Harper.
0: Dave Harper, uh, the father of um, Frank, Frank Harper. Yeah, the Frank actor. Harper.
1: Yeah. Tom Wilson, Joe Stock, who, so if you read that Millwall Who's Who book that you've got in front of you, became a council rat catcher. <laughs>
0: I hadn't looked at it. I was looking at Town End. I was going to mention Town End. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to look at him now. Rat Cash is a great job. Stock
1: <laughs> Broadfoot, Town End, Terry. <laughs> Richie Ward, was a England amateur international, I believe tootinger Mitchum or somebody like that rings a bell. Yeah. And Joel Haverty, Northern Irish. Northern Irish International. National. I was but- looking
0: at Town End listeners. John John Ta- Gary Townend, sorry. But now Neil has completely blown me away with Joe Stocks, who um, became um, a council rat catcher. Um, And I remember once, I mean, just rat catching. I don't know why it's it's, it's got some grotesque kind of. um, It's essential; you need rat catchers, but it's got like a grotesque quality to it. And I remember I was working in Hackney, and um, we called in pest control. You don't call them rat catchers anymore; you call them pest control now. And they came to the property and the the bloke who did it um, was a character in his own right. He could have come from a Charles Dickens novelist, this this guy. And he brought me afterwards over at the office, like a a black bag full of dead rats and showed it to me. I said, I don't want to see it. I just want you to get rid of it. That's what we're paying for. I I, 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 I trust that you've done your job. I don't need to see this kind of hellscape of dead rats in a black bag, which he brought over to me. Um Anyway, that's that's another podcast series. My memories of working in housing. So yeah, Joe Stocks, rat catcher. I, I, Gary Townend was the one I was looking at because it's just one of those names. And one of the beauties of this show, listeners, is you come across names that you don't know and haven't haven't come across before. Fifty-one games for us, nil Twenty goals, Gary Townend, a forward, played that's for us. A bad uh,
1: return actually. 1960-64,
0: given... No good return. Good return indeed um and another one had done some non league kind of um Red Hill came to Millwall and then went to the non leagues afterwards Hillingdon Borough, Chelmsford and hillingdon Weymouth and so on um a name that I've not um not not come across before
1: um, who were all actually good non league teams those teams that he went to the Southern League and the isthmian League they were they that was top 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 level football. Yeah, I mean... The, um, Quite often, what we wages in football, you earn more by doing a bit of a job and playing in the Southern League or the Isthmian League.
0: Well, it's an interesting point. This goes going way off, off topic now, but just okay. on that point again, <laughs> um, it's interesting now that I, I think similar times are returning in non-league football, Neil, because as you've just said, and you, you see it throughout the book, how many players have come to Millwall over time from decent non-league sides. Um, talented players often um and now i think we're starting to see i mean i was reading something the other day talking about the national league level and some of the wages are being paid some of the names i mean we're going to come to two in my my um choice of fiction next but um playing in non-league now is actually not seen as quite a disastrous thing that it was a few years ago and there are quite a few players i'm thinking that bromley now got byron webster and liam trotter playing out their days but they're I mean, imagine they, they would see it as quite a viable thing to do late in their career. Um, similar times, a strength in the league football coming back, perhaps.
1: Yeah, you, you can actually earn quite decent money. I've heard of clubs in the Western League and things like yeah. that pay two, three hundred pounds a game.
0: Yeah, it's well, like isn't there's ambition, there's ambition? There, I mean, you know If you look at Wrexham now, which is backed by the Hollywood. Um,
1: Ryan, A-listers, yeah. Yeah, A-listers, ryan, ryan.
0: what's his name ryan something right?
1: ryan reynolds and, uh, and so
0: famous i've forgotten their name um but yeah you've got money flying around you've got you've got ownerships that are wanting to achieve football league status um and so maybe you know we've just touched on some players from the past who made it from non-league we're seeing similar times now um just to develop that point slightly, listeners, my fixture um, is much more recent. I was actually at this game. I think probably a lot of the listeners to the show would have been at Peterborough 5, Millwall 3. An eight-goal thriller from 2015 um, seems seemed much more recent, Neil, than 2015. I will still remember being in that rickety wooden stand that they have at London Road. Um, it's
1: horrible, wasn't it? You have yeah. Absolutely zero leg room there. <laughs> zero leg
0: room. <laughs> oh, you've got pillars in front of you. Um, I remember they, they had a guy, like a pre-match mascot guy, dressed up in top hat and tails, and a, and a young lady with him looked like she was um, out of a Gainsborough painting or something walking around. It's all very odd. Um, you also remember
1: him getting dogs' abuse. Oh, you
0: can, you can fill in what he got, isn't it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> he got absolutely dogs' abuse. I can if, remember going up there Boxing <laughs> Day one year, and he was pelted with all sorts. I think he was, he was, uh, I, don't know. <laughs> I think if half of it was true, <laughs>
0: be doing time in one of the specialist <laughs> wings. Yeah, if we any of it was playing like Maxwell, we should be. <laughs> Anyway, 5-3 loss this particular. It was a spectacular game. Um, opening goals for Peterborough from the Angel. 15-19 um, minutes with 2-0 down. But then we turned it, pulled it back to 2 each. Byron Webster getting a goal in 52 minutes. 55 minutes, Tony Craig. What a servant Tony Craig was for our, our club, Neil. Um, And then um, Peter back in the lead. Uh, going to 3-2 on 69 minutes, Christopher Forrester. Connor Washington, would he not go on to an expensive move at some point? Connor yeah, didn't
1: he, he didn't he end up at QPR, Northern Irish International?
0: Yeah, million, multi-million pounds worth of talent there. Um, he's made it Black 4-2. Yeah, 4-2 on 72 minutes. We then made it 4-3 through Mark Beavers, who a player I always liked, Mark Beavers, great central defender. Ironically
1: um, at Peterborough now, I believe.
0: I think he is, yeah. Um, and then the game gets away from us on eighty-one. John Taylor. it was a strange game. mean so we really got beaten. It was, it was a really enjoyable spectacle as a football fan, you know. I know you can't always distinguish um, Mill getting beat from the actual enjoyment of the football, but it was end to end stuff, and um, all guns were blazing on on both sides. Um, my, I mean, the, the Mill team that day is um, is one that's both familiar and seems a long way away now. Uh, Jordan Archer in goal, Tony Craig. Mark Beavers, uh, Jimmy Abdu, Carlos Edwards. What a player, Neil. Carlos Edwards, really skillful. Came to us very late in his career, didn't he, Carlos? Um
1: still playing. I think I saw him on playing for Barry St Edmonds or something. Yeah, in the in
0: the in the lower reaches now. Um Byron Webster, we've mentioned playing at Bromley. Sean Williams, Fred on when when he was still seen as a happening talent. I think he'll come back to haunt us, Fred. I think he's not that bad a player, actually. He seems to have found his niche at Luton, but we'll see. Ed Upson, who'd f- I've forgotten all about Ed Upson, player for Millwall.
1: It's Ed wonderful Upson. when you, when you yeah. do these
0: little shows. Uh, Steve Morrison, Aidan O'Brien, um, subs with Ben Thompson, Shane Ferguson and Lee Gregory. But my eye was drawn, just and just developing that point. I will get there in the end, listeners sat on the bench that day, um, including amongst the non-used subs were Joe Martin and Lee Martin, both of whom, are now are applying their trade at Ebbsfleet. Um, and I saw them a few weeks back when I did one of my non-league um, match reports. Joe and Lee Martin both playing at Ebbsfleet in the National uh, national League. Um, Lee Martin still looks, as he ever always did, he always looked like a, a talent waiting to happen, but nothing quite ever sparked for him at the end, did it, Neil?
1: No, actually, when we talk about you know, players that have come back and did tremendous, decent things, I, I would actually include Byron Webster in that. Yeah, I think yeah. he looked absolutely awful when he first joined us. He did, and uh, probably probably didn't help playing under all the words No, and uh, but but then he was one of those players where. I think he had a couple of injuries and he came back and he looked absolutely, he, he looked like a proper Millwall player. Something clicked, didn't it? Yeah, something, you're right, something clicked into place and he became a proper, proper Millwall player. and and And, and a player that I gained a tremendous amount of respect for and actually enjoyed watching him play.
0: It was a character as well, Neil. I mean, he 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 had a personality. You can only deliver a personality, of course, listeners. If you deliver on the field, that's number one. This would have been under Neil Harris's management, and I I, I suppose you've got to credit Neil Harris. I mean, that you're right. Under Ian Holloway, he looked very um, at sea. I mean, he looked he looked like um, he was out of his depth. You know, the level was way above him. But when Neil Harris i presume took him to one side maybe there was some you know a kind of combination of um, hard and soft words who knows but he did come back transformed he he seemed to cliché time get what it is to be a millwall player didn't he
1: yeah he 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 he, he was just a really good solid millwall type player um, yeah just somebody who if he ever does listen to this just thank you for for actually turning it around and He gave with a lot of pleasure.
0: Absolutely, I saw him. In fact, he was on the Wall Talk uh, podcast the other week, I think, and I've seen him on occasion um, at the Den. I think he's still, you know, as you said, you're right, highly, highly respected at the the club. Byron Webster, um, centre back, 137 games for us, eight goals, 2015 to 2019. Injury would would, um, do for him in the end, as. With so many players, but um, I think he's still very highly thought of. So that was my choice from 2015. I thought we'd we'd try and um, bring it reasonably recent, as sometimes we do tend to look back a long, long way on this show. Achtung, Mehlball, Mehlball. Um, But you've chosen a real scoreline here, Neil. as our next uh, fixture, which is going to be Preston. Um, Millwall 5, Preston North End 7 at the Den, 4th of October, 1930. Wow, that's some scoreline.
1: Yeah, this was a proper old-school football scoreline, wasn't it? (laughs) Absolutely. You don't seem to get many of these these days. More's the pity. No. But you have a look in history, and if if you've got a copy of Richard Lindsay's who uh, complete records, you have a look, and these games were littered throughout the early Millwall history, and uh, the match report, which was, I think it was from the Sunday... Yeah, the people, which is obviously now the Sunday people, it yeah. says... Uh, we are told that the cost of living has recently gone down.
0: <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's a lead into a sports report. I've never think write,
1: But yeah, okay. Exactly. Yeah, But the followers of football can hardly expect very often to get goals uh, at 12 a shilling. As they did <laughs> at New Cross yesterday. It's
0: like Wordsworth has written it out.
1: <laughs> oh fuck it! No. Yeah, we should have skied. wasn't American. <laughs> yeah, but we yeah but they like the guy around the houses. Oh, I mean, too. Press the North End claims seven of these. <laughs> uh... And also the full spoils, which they thoroughly earned on the day's play. It sounds like a game of cricket.
0: I mean, you want to know who scored the goals and you know, what happened and
1: <laughs> it came to pass, but yeah. Uh, and then you've got probably the probably the greatest sentence in the history of journalism. Okay. Neither defence covered itself with glory. <laughs> <laughs>
0: this is you Millwall have... Fire Preston 7, listeners,
1: yeah. Yeah, well after there's been twelve goals, nine yeah. covered in glory covered themselves in glory. They wouldn't do really, would they? There were bloody twelve goals in this game. You'd have to have words
0: with uh, with them <laughs> afterwards, I've got to say. It's um it's interesting. I mean, I'm just looking at the uh Mill History.org, which got the full list of results for this. 1930 31 season, including Neil's choice here. Um, the five five seven loss It's even quite strange to say it five seven loss at home to Preston. But I mean, the results, I mean, we we, we either scored big or we got we got whopped, didn't we? I mean, you know, there's, there's, there's a four nil win, then we're getting beaten um, three one two one. We win five one, we get beat four one, we lose five seven, we we're we beating another team here six nil, we got beat six nil. It's um inconsistent would be the modern term, isn't
1: it? <laughs> What's unbelievable about this game was there was only there was only six goal scorers. Yeah. In yeah. twelve in twelve goals. Millwall's goals were two by Jimmy Poxton. Poxton. Uh, one by Jimmy Forsyth and two by Jack Cock, somebody yeah. I think we've mentioned on a regular basis. Yeah. Uh Preston's goals, Alec Reed got two, Tom Scott got a hat trick, a hat trick away from home. Yep. And Ted Owens got two. There were fourteen thousand six hundred and seventy four. And you can imagine, yeah, we can imagine what social media would be like what these days, couldn't you? Seven. Just... <laughs> yeah, we lose seven five at home. You score five at home, you don't <laughs> expect to get beaten, do you, really?
0: I'm just picturing the Gary Rowett post-match video where he tries to look for the positives. <laughs> we we go on. I mean, there's another another sequence of results here, listeners. I mean, we're looking for the positives. We get we we got a uh, four-one loss away at Swansea. We get beat at home by Everton three-one. We get five-nil at Bury. When and after that little sequence, we put four past Plymouth. We beat them four-one. Draw four-all. I mean Gary would be doing his nut with his defensive um you know 5-3-2 wing back system there, wouldn't
1: he? Oh mate, can you imagine it? Gary would be resigning, wouldn't he?
0: Oh dear, no oh, There we are. Good choice, great choice. Millwall five, Preston seven from nineteen thirty. I've I've gone further back still, Neil. And this is you know, this is the um beauty of uh, subscribing to the British newspaper archive. You can dig out reports from 1903. This is a four-one win in the FA Cup, Um, 21st of February, 1903, listeners, in the second round of the FA Cup. uh, Mill Athletic uh, beating Preston North End 4, which was no mean feat. Uh, Preston were a major name at this time. I found a short paragraph report uh, from the Yorkshire Post of uh, many newspapers reported um, places that were not in their, their area. But uh, Mill, the Preston or fan, played at Mill before 7,000 spectators. Winning the toss, Mill had the advantage of a powerful wind and attacked constantly. So it sounds already like it's going to be a tough gig for Preston. Strong wind on the island at this time. This would have been at um, North Greenwich, yeah. North Greenwich, Mill Park nowadays. Um, Strong wind whipping across the island. Um, McBride saved cleverly many times, but Moran beat him 20 minutes from the start. Orbell having missed long centre. Gettins had the second goal from a pass by Jones and Moran a third. The interval score, half time score, being mill three, Preston nil. With the win behind them, Preston did better, but Sutcliffe get, kept goal skillfully. Moran and Gettins enabled Jones to score a splendid goal. In the last quarter of an hour, Preston attacked and Pearson scored. They didn't muck about with their pros back. There's none of this poncy stuff that you've just been reading out. This was kissy. This was <laughs> Um, Preston attacked and scored. That was it. 4-1 was the result. This was a major, major result on a a cup run that would take us to the semi-finals of the FA Cup that season, 1902-1903. We'd we'd go out, I think, to Derby in the semi-finals. Um,
1: Yeah, Yeah, obviously, Jack Sutcliffe in goal, who was a dual international, played rugby union for England, played football for England. Great, great, great name of the past. And somebody who from one of our other podcasts played for Preston was Rabbi Howell, who was a Romany Gypsy. Was he? England International.
0: Okay, okay. Interesting stuff. Um, so, yeah, um, the Dockers would go out in the semis to Derby County. You would actually face Berry, I think, if memory serves Neil, That was the record um, score until Manchester City of 6-0. berry 6, Derby County. Nil in the cup final that season, so um, we would fall fall short in that particular season in the semi It but quite an achievement for a um, a, a southern, southern league, league.
1: side. Uh, but At we time. were one of the leading southern league sides, and arguably the southern league back then was yeah. as strong, if not stronger, than the football league was.
0: The Lions of the South, as the book title um, so brilliantly puts it. Um, so there we are. That's Preston. We're going to move along now to Swansea City or um, well, Swansea Town. Let's call. Cool. Let's get it right because I think both of our fixtures really Neil. We should be referring to Swansea Town rather than Swansea City. You've gone for Mill two Swansea Town nil in um, March nineteen forty nine, and I've chosen a slightly earlier one in nineteen twenty two. But let's, let's let's begin with your choice. 2-0, this is played on the 12th of March, 1940, the home win for the Lions.
1: Yeah, and I've pulled out a match report written by Charles Buckham. Wow. No of the right.
0: annual, football annual, yeah.
1: Yeah, very, very famous. Player uh, as well, Neil, I think. Yeah, For the Arsenal, as they yeah. liked to be called back then. Yep. Sunderland, I believe. Yep. And, uh, he's, uh, and he starts off his match report, there's none of this messing around.
0: <laughs> that we had A earlier.
1: And New wall said if they played as well against lowly clubs as they do against oh, my watchers, they would soon be in the second division. And what year was, was this? 1949. <laughs> and I was inclined to agree. <laughs>
0: Oh, dear, nothing changes, does it? (laughs) How many times have we said that over the course of our lives? Oh, dear. This was – I've I've read
1: another match report. uh, I've read another match report which said uh, that, that Swansea were almost assured of promotion. Yeah but they had some injury problems. This I do believe it was the Western Mail, their local paper that I read that in. So they're obviously getting in their excuses early. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. This was actually a good Millwall side. The Millwall side was uh, uh, Sid Hobbins, who, I, who uh, was a co-founder of Welling.
0: I was going to say, is that the same Hobbins family as the yep. the, the, the sons Graham and the, I can't remember the other chap's name, but Hobbins. I think I think yep. they're still linked to Welling. The Hobbinses,
1: I believe. Yep. George um, Fisher.
0: George Fisher, famous name.
1: Yeah. Yep. Evans, Reeves, Macmillan, Bradley, Johnson, uh, Barrett, Jimmy Constantine. Yep. Shaw Morgan. And so this was a good, this was a decent Millwall side and, and, and the goals were splendid moves by Constantine and Shaw often had the Welsh defenders in trouble and the cleverness of Hurrell added to their troubles. I love that word
0: splendid. I'm gonna revive that on the show, listeners. You're gonna hear me use the word splendid next time.
1: Yeah, they'll not call our podcast splendid, will they? Uh,
0: <laughs> splendid. <laughs> First, 28,169 at Colblow Lane nil for this 2 0 home win. Um Millwall came into the game tenth in the in the table, and then Swansea. But uh, top first, they would actually finish as champions that season, 62 points, and be promoted. Only the champions in those far-off times were, were promoted. Mill would finish in, um, what is that, 2, 4, 6, 10th position, actually. They'd finished 10th in the table. Bottom being Crystal Palace and all the shots. So,
1: and I do believe in that game it was John Short that scored both goals.
0: Good choice, good choice, mate. My choice comes from slightly further back, um, 1922. Um, I've gone for Mill 4, Swansea Town. They renamed themselves into City. I think that was in the 60s that they did that. Um, So Mill 4, Swansea Town, nil, played on the 18th of Feb, 1922, not long after we joined the Football League. I think that actually might be our first season as a Football League club. Um, played in front of 30,700. You forget the big crowds that we used to expect as normal down the cold do lane. You're know, 30,000, 28,000 in your choice
1: Yeah, that wouldn't have been comfortable, would it? <laughs> not <Yeah>. comfortable. <laughs> yeah, again, they weren't as big as us now, were they? And
0: no, that's true, but no, still would have been a tight pack. Um, and your chances of having a wee during a game would have been quite limited so i don't know you have to make your own arrangements i think um
1: <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> we are a family show sorry about that well you know
0: these are these are the realities of, of football back then um 4-0 win for um, millwall i found a report from the athletic news Um, which is dated the 20th of February, 1922. And it's using a word. I actually had to look up listeners. Um, I now know what it means, but I didn't know when I first read it. Um, The the headline is Keen and Clever. Even the most perfervid, perfervid, that's spelt P-E-R-F-E-R-V-I-D. Even the most perfervid partisan of Millwall, could hardly have dreamed that this, the club would account for Swansea Town in the Cup by four clear goals. Yet that is what has happened at New Cross. The Swansea players are said to have been rather pleased with the draw, so they were confident coming into it. They contended that they've always played well at the den, and even this season drew a goal contest in the league. Mill have undoubtedly done well in the Cup contests during the present campaign. The man in Mill's latest success was undoubtedly Keane. Um, it was um, Bill, Bill Keane. Billy Keane, um, Who's responsible for each of the goals obtained by his club? Keen joined Mill from Chesham, Buckinghamshire, another non-league side. now. yeah, um, but he's not been too fortunate. For injuries have fallen hard upon him, whilst at times he has appeared to lose confidence in himself at crucial moments. His latest success should inspire him to further feats and supply the tonic that appears to be needed by the New Cross players. Um, and there's also an interesting that was a, that was the, the sports roundup section. So a 4 0 win for the Lions. Perfervid, if you're interested, listeners, means to be intensely passionate over something. Intensely passionate. So the most perverted, passionate partisan of Millwall. That's what that means. I had to look that up myself.
1: And if you actually read the Millwall who's who, Billy King's nickname was Mother.
0: Mother. (laughs) Saw that. What a nickname, what a nickname. I wonder how you've got that. I'd love to know
1: Mother. how we got
0: that. Mother <laughs> used to be in um uh was it the Avengers? Didn't that, the head of the spy service was called Mother and he used to drive around the back of a London bus? I used a big big guy, big fat guy sits at the back of the bus and he's called Mother. Mother. Um I am digressing now. Uh one interesting thing, this, this that report I just read was from the, the sports roundup in the uh in the athletic news. Um the Western Mail. Interestingly, Neil mentioned that paper already. Western Mail features uh, Swansea Town in London um, fans of Swansea laying a reef at the cenotaph. They took the chance to visit the cenotaph, and there's some images there of uh, their, their supporters' club and chairman laying um, a reef at the at the cenotaph on Whitehall, and actually an action shot from the Den um, Swansea in white, mill obviously in blue. Mm-hmm. Um, this was 1922 so the memory of the first world war being very very recent indeed so some nice nice photos although they don't um because they've been copied and and uh, you know scanned in some of the definitions are a little bit hard to make out but you can see enough to know what's going on so um yeah 4-0 win in the cup for the perverted partisans me I'm going to use that word as well people think I'm saying perverted or something won't they Anyway, there we are. Move along. So, last fixture of the month, Neil. Done Swansea. We have Coventry City away. And you've chosen another win. Another win for the Lions. 1957, three years before I was to be born. Before baby Nick appeared. We went to Coventry City, Highfield Road, I imagine, at that point. um, And won it 4-1, 23rd of November, 1957.
1: Funny enough, I was going to pick the fixture that you've gone for, but I thought that was far too easy.
0: <laughs> Never ever knock easy. <laughs>
1: honest, yeah, great. Uh, not a bad team. Uh, Bill Lloyd in goal, who I believe. Is, he, he, yeah, he's actually still around. I believe. Is he? is he one of our oldest surviving players? Okay, in his eighty late eighties, early nineties, no. Alex Jardine, tremendous player yeah, the 50s and early 60s. Uh, John Smith, George Veep, Ray Brand, who I think only passed a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Colin Rawson, Johnny Roach, John Shepard, tremendous centre forward. And anybody who who's actually looking for another book to give yep. anybody for Christmas, if you have a look on Amazon, his daughter has written... Yeah, of that's him.
0: very well-rated, Neil, that book. Uh, I think it's called it in, in and Out of the Lion's Den.
1: Yeah. Yes, it was. Absolutely superb book. I um, believe I read it in about a day. It was right. one of those books where you started to read it. Uh, I think he recovered from TB or something, didn't he, early he in life? quite a
0: life. Served in the RAF, I'm just reading here, in the uh, Who's Who book. Served in the RAF book during the Second World War. But, yeah, I think he had illness. And I think I think it's as much a football book as it is a kind of a family Family stroke history history book. Yeah, many ways.
1: But Um, super player, I believe he did. He score a hat trick on his debut, four goals on his debut, or something like that. Something
0: like that. I'm just furiously trying to read the. um, uh, There it is. He made his league debut against Leighton Orient listeners and scored all four goals in a four one victory. All scored with his head. Um, he played 172 games for the Lions between 1952 and 58, uh, scoring 82 goals. But that doesn't the football doesn't tell quite the full story of John Shepard's life. I think that's probably the best way we can put it. I think the book does capture um, the many many stories that lay behind that, those achievements and, and what he went through to to get to that point.
1: Yeah, Angus Morrison uh, also played. Ron Heckman, another England international. Bromley, I believe. Okay. Uh, Gordon Pulley. Uh, so this wasn't a... I think I think we got, uh, according to this match report that I've found, uh, uh, who supported Coventry, because it says, Millwall, terrific, question mark. Not quite. <laughs> Coventry defenders gave them a lot of unintended help. Skip right. Frank, Frank Austin too.
0: So we've been helped to that 4-1 win, but we'll take that any day of the Yeah,
1: the week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, you don't play <clears> that badly and win 4-1 away from home. Christ no. almighty. Uh, Austin missed kicked to give Johnny Roach a gift goal. 12 minutes later, Austin diverted a harmless shot from Gordon Pulley past his own goalkeeper. Okay. Uh, Vic Walters making his debut for... Uh, Coventry almost put through his own goals. Yeah, yeah there's a recurring theme here, yeah? <laughs> but we did appear to play quite well in this game. We never
0: got the credit. That's and we didn't way.
1: get the credit. Angus Morrison headed a third soon after half-time, but then Coventry attacked spiritedly, which okay. meant they just didn't give up. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Roy's racial straw. Got poor service on his debut. Uh Jim Rogers snapped, snapped up a goal for Coventry after 48 minutes. And then uh pulley unmarked, restored Millwall's uh, three-goal margin from Angus Morrison's cross.
0: 1957-58 season. This would be Division 4 football Neil, I think, at that point. Um let me just check that, listeners. It division three, apart. division three, playoff, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, excuse but, me. It, I it, mean, if the fourth division will be formed, I think the following season. Um, uh, it be the last of uh, division three. So if we'd finish in the bottom two, listeners, we'd have to apply for re-election. Shame, shame.
1: Uh, I think what you'll find is we won our last three games of the season. Did we? The season before, we weren't. We weren't very good. <laughs> we weren't um, very good. Uh, this this particular after, season, no. Um, this was actually in, uh, I think it was in Ron Gray's first season in charge after.
0: No wonder there was a posse was trying, trying to get Charlie.
1: it out. Yeah. Yeah, after he succeeded cheerful Charlie. There we, we are. Having to apply for re-election after winning our last three games. I think it was just the bottom two, actually, applied oh. for re-election back then.
0: Listeners will want to know that Captain Obvious has chosen the far more easy fixture to uh, to cover. <laughs> um, uh, this is an amazing thing, Neil. I mean, this is from 1927, listeners. It's at, we actually achieved the club record home win, the club record win, with home or away, twice in the same few months. It's quite an incredible achievement when you look at the, the, the fixture. Uh, list for nineteen twenty-seven. This particular game is a Coventry game. Mill nine, Coventry one, played on nineteenth of November nineteen twenty-seven in the third division south, in front of thirteen thousand six hundred ninety-five at Colblow Lane. But we'd actually beaten Torquay already with the club record win um, in September. Just a, what's that? Two months beforehand, putting nine one past uh, Torquay United. It's quite an incredible achievement when you think two record goal scores in a few months.
1: Yeah, there are only 13,695 there to see it as well. That's
0: right. That's right. um...
1: It it just goes to show that what we said earlier on about goals to score nine goals twice in a matter of weeks is quite something, isn't it? It's crazy.
0: I think also it shows me, or it might show yourself, Neil, and I, and the listeners, just thirteen thousand. Given that we we had we, we're on fire this this season, Mill were on fire. I think we'd go on to win the third division south championship and finally get promoted from that that tough to to leave league. Um, but I think if you, it takes a while for Mill's crowd to. Except that success is in the offing. So for a long while, I think even in the promotion season, 1987-88, for a long while, we were languishing with crowds about 6,000. We weren't drawing many. It wasn't until the the heat really started to turn up at the end of the season, you started to see the bigger numbers coming in. I think, you know, you see it many, many times over the course of, of, of history, you know, in the history anyway. And um, so there's 13,000,
1: not a bad crowd, I suppose, but you're
0: right. It um, seems quite lovingful. I it
1: had anything to do with the fact that we'd moved from north of the river and we haven't been, so uh, yeah, I suppose we've been there approaching 20 years, haven't we? 20 years
0: by this stage. Dunno, dunno. I, I think we continued to draw a lot of support from the island, didn't we, after that move? Uh, and, and by then, of course, the Surrey docks would have become the mainstay of, of the club's support really you know and and less so the island but still a substantial number from the island um i'm loving this match report i mean we've already had some some really flowery prose from from neil earlier on um this one is from the coventry evening telegraph of 19 21st november 1927 the tragedy of Millwall is the headline you'd think that we got beat 9-1 by by that, that it's not it's the Coventry's nickname this time was the Bantams. So the tragedy of Millwall, how the Bantams were slaughtered, the inquest. This is written in a pen name by someone called Nemo, as in Captain Nemo. Um, One tackles the task of analysing the Millwall tragedy, Neil, with a feeling akin to those which a coroner must experience when holding an inquest upon the remains of a dear beloved who's been ruthlessly slaughtered. (laughs) It's a football match. (laughs) <laughs> they took a, a thumping.
1: Yeah, they were hard issues, didn't he? Yeah, Nemo. Yeah, Nemo. Yeah, we can tell that, yeah, can tell that he was a Coventry fan, can not he? Yeah, I think
0: Nemo had literary aspirations as well. But beyond sports writing, the tragic fates which awaited the Bantams at Mill on Saturday calls for not a suggestion of hilarity or even censure. It was terribly sad. This is This is actually how it's written, listeners. Um And it goes on to mention the horrible margin of nine to one, and um it, how incorrect. He it, it has no inclination to pour roth roth upon the city side. I, it, wouldn't you get plenty of roth down the den if we got from nine no, I can tell you that much, Nemo.
1: <laughs> You'd be uh, lucky that, to get out of there alive. <laughs> get out
0: of there and lie. They'd have had a mob formed up on Coalblow Lane, wouldn't they? To uh, to to uh, have have your blood. Um Coventry were helpless, helpless against the magnificently conceived home attack. Um, and this was quite an attack in all seriousness this season, listeners. This was a major season in, in Mill history, 1927. Championship winning side, I believe, Mill. Um the third division south champions of 1927-28. I'm just looking at the the fixture list for that season. We've already mentioned the two nine-one wins. Um, we've got six ones against Bristol Rovers, 6-0s against Brighton, 5 nils against Charlton.
1: 7-1 against uh, Walfour
0: the yes. week after. 6-0, you name it, they were put to the sword at the den, listeners. And this was a great, great sign. I mean, look at the, the goal-scoring record. John Landels, Jay Landels, 33 goals. Um, is it John or was it Jack? Uh, Jack, Landers, Jack yeah. Jack Landels, sorry. Jack Landon's uh we've got um Bill Phillips W Phillips 27 goals and Jack cock third third in the goal scoring table on 26. I think it, it,
1: Phillips, um, quite a good little inside forward of his day
0: that's incredible incredible return Bill Bryant is fourth in the goal scoring table with 11 goals you know that that's In any other season, you'd say, you know, for one player to achieve double figures can be quite a good return, let alone finish fourth in the goal scoring lists as a result. What would we
1: give now for a player to score 12 goals in a season? (laughs) A
0: 33 goal striker, yes, please, is what we'd say, Mr. Rowett, wouldn't we? Let alone three. Um, Incredible. We'd finish champions this particular season and we'd twice achieve our highest record home wins. magnificent side all-in-all-nil, 1927-28 Mill Championship winning side. I've picked out John John Landell's um, 1925 to 33 Mill player, 199 appearances. I'm going from information in the book of listeners. 77 goals from two, just short of 200 appearances. That's quite an, an achievement. Um, and he was a converted uh, inside right from being a centre-forward previously, so he was an adaptable player. He did... Changed his game.
1: Yeah, one that we picked up in non league football again. Greys Athletic, Greys Thurrock United, uh, yeah. the Thames Board Mills, which obviously. Yeah. A and one of those rare players who actually left us to go back north of the river to the enemy.
0: To West Ham. Yeah. yeah. There we are. Um, it, it's just fascinating how many players we've we've, we've come through from those, Graves Athletic, uh, Thames Bald Baldmills, uh, Jurgen's FC, Graves Thurrock. I mean, these are you know these kinds of clubs are a hotbed of talent, really. And you know, I know the game has moved on. I'm not sure it's always moved on for the better, but it has moved on, rightly or wrongly. But you do wonder how much talent we miss from from those kinds of directions
1: to this day, Neil. Um, yeah, but you didn't have youth policies back then, did you? You didn't develop. No, no. Your mm-hmm. own talent. You relied on the likes of Bob Hunter and his scouting team. Yeah, and his his
0: tactical. Oh, his, his scouting now, so I suppose, would be the way you'd put it. Um, to
1: st- go out and find you those players.
0: Half time score, listeners: one all. No hint, <laughs> no hint that the second half will produce eight goals. Um, Total it fin-
1: capitulation, I believe. Yeah,
0: is. it looks like it, doesn't it? Nine one was the 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 finish, uh, the full time score. Four goals for landalls, two for Cock, two for Phillips, and one for Collins. Mill nine.
1: I bet you somebody walked out the ground moaning.
0: <laughs> Could have done. It should have been ten. <laughs> There we are. Record goal score twice in one season. Lovely stuff. That's wonderful, Neil. I really enjoyed, as ever, enjoyed mulling over these old fixtures, mate. really appreciate your your time and your research and your wonderful book because that really makes me sound terribly intellectual.
1: (laughs) Yeah, just two boomers with nothing better to do on a Wednesday (laughs) afternoon strolling down memory lane.
0: Absolutely. Um, There we are. Those are the fixtures for December, dear listeners. I hope you enjoyed this show. We will be back towards the end of the month to record the January fixtures. We probably need to find out who we're going to get in the FA Cup to do that full justice, but we will do that towards the end of the month when we know who we're playing. Um, Don't forget for Christmas your copy of Mill Who's Who via Victor Publishing. And don't forget your Mill calendar so that you know when to get yourself down the dent in the new season. So, anyway, until um, our next show, Neil, I think it's time to say goodbye, mate.
1: Yeah, I think we've got some Christmas specials lined up, haven't we?
0: We're putting together a few little ideas, yeah. Yep.
1: Um, uh, with people home, and we'll probably be locked down by then, if the alpaca has a <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: We're 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 we getting some ideas together. Listen, so so stay with us. Um, but until the, near, the next show, thanks for listening. And um, Ariva Dershy Mill, thanks thanks Neil, and thank you, dear listeners. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Ariva If you enjoyed the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts and
1: leave us a cheeky little review. Mill. Till next time. Who do you want to
0: watch? A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend.